Hello, we're the Sticky Bomb Boys. I'm Rob. And I can only wish that was true. Welcome back to the podcast. As of this week, we're starting our dive into series three of the Great British Bake Off. This was actually the first season I watched. Did you, or were you still in nappies, Michael? Bold of you to assume, David. I'm not wearing a nappy right now. But to answer your question, this was 2012, so I was just starting university. And actually, actually, I came out in 2012. Ah, so while they were all trying to avoid soggy bottoms in the tent, you were actually actively seeking them out. <laughs> David, behave, please. Now, before we dive into the series, remember, there is a special Meet the Bakers episode out on our OnlyFans now, so it's definitely worth pausing now and listening to that before we go any further. If you're not on there already, just head over to patreon.com forward stroke Sticky Bombays. It feels quite early for a plug, but there you go. It's never too early for a plug, David. Right, okay. Shall we get started? Probably for the best. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. So, series three has started, Michael. I really do. It's weird. As I've been watching this series, I remember everything that's happening, but I don't remember it until it actually happens. So, I feel like I was aware of it in the ether at this point, but I was just drunk the entire year that this oh, was yeah, this out would, this would have been freshers wouldn't it? yeah well uh no it was it was like the end of, of year one beginning of year two and i did four years in, in uni but like this was me like ex- like beginning to work and like living my life and like living my truth um <laughs> and i was like a little grandma at home watching bake off <laughs> david was knitting in front of a fire yeah. um, but you know what? when i was at uni once i once well i was at uni quite a bit but one time i was at uni in my living room and i was making a quilt on my table and someone jumped and you over came out of as gay when <laughs> yeah, exactly someone jumped over the garden fence to our house it was like a lower four flat walked across that little gravel bit knocked on the window and said most people are at the pub mate so, well i'm on my own quilting listening to radio 4 that is totally normal and while you're there at the pub what is the soup of the day <laughs> <laughs> if you just let me know and come back <laughs> So, no, so like so this series like i do i know the faces like i know most of them well not most of them i think i know the popular ones but i can't work out whether it's because i ended up watching this series at some point 
or because I've like seen like, oh, the most popular bakes of Bake Off ever. Like for this episode, I, I've seen Victoria's showstopper before. I just didn't know that she made it. Yeah. But I've seen Victoria and her cake. So it's weird. Like we're now at the point where Bake Off's popular figures are in the zeitgeist. Yeah. That's kind of weird that you can't remember that. Well, I was drunk the whole year. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when you told us your story about your bottles of wine when you almost got brought into the Scientologist. Scientology. <laughs> that was also 2012. And that was probably just before you that watched That was weeks before I came out. So it, it was definitely true. Yes. I've noticed this time. So week one, they had the tent going everywhere. Mm. Week two, they were in a palace. I did that inverted By commas. Years, because you it wasn't. You said weeks, but I think you mean series. Oh, series. Yeah. Series two, they were in the Fulham Palace, which was just a house in a small garden. <laughs> but now they are at Haptree Court, which I don't know where it is, but it's a proper stately it's home. In Somerset. Oh, is it? Somerset. That's quite far away for Bake Off. Well, I don't know where Somerset is. Devon? Well, it's not Devon because it's Somerset. I famously know where London is and Newcastle is and Scotland is. Bath. Have you been to Bath? No. Oh, because Bath is not East Somerset. Do I smell? <laughs> well, anyway, it's not. It's a different place and it looked very pretty. Um, yes. Before everything started, you know when they do those little people say little things? I love that Ryan said, you respect Mary, but you fear the wood. Do you fear the wood? I don't. Ryan. I don't think I've ever feared the wood. I was actually watching a play recently and they were talking about erections um, and they described it as um, like a, a piece of wood in a sock, <laughs> in, in a flesh sock. Huh. Which I thought was quite interesting. I mean, it's quite scary if it's massive. Well, no one wants you that. Would, yeah, then you would fear it, wouldn't you? Well, I wouldn't. I'd just say no thank you. No thank you. And while you're here, what's the sleep of the day? <laughs> <laughs> That'll make it go down straight away. I don't oh. need to worry about it ever again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've got Nick. much more set dressing in the tent this year. Yes, they have. So last year, there was like a pile of um, plastic garden chairs <laughs> behind the judges every week. And now there's like a stag's head on the wall and like shelving. I feel like the, the art director's got involved. Well, I also think that they started putting some more money in because when mm. Bake Off first came out, they didn't have a lot of money for the pilot. Mm. And series two, they probably thought, I'll give it a bit more money. And it started to be popular. So they're like, okay, let's give it a better a slot on BBC Two still. And they're also trying to give us more challenging bakes as well yes. to kind of enhance the the jeopardy. Because yeah. when Rob's cake fell off the, the bench, they thought, oh, this is great drama. So they're trying to start forcing it. And pushing people's cakes off the bench. Yeah, Farrah Fawcett. So, Signature, to be honest, I always forget when it starts again, the new series, there's a lot of people. Yeah, I We're didn't not going to go through everything. Everyone. We're basically, I actually have, I was so good. And don't check. But I actually have written down everything. Sure. But we're just going to go with our best and our worst. So the signature was an upside down cake in two hours. Yeah. Now, initially, I thought, that's a bit dull and boring. But then I thought, that's a really good one. Because ones where you don't know what's going to happen until you tip it out and it's right at the end. I do yeah. like those ones. I also thought it was very funny. Like in the when they were introducing the challenge, they said an, ups an upside down cake, but what the Australians call cake. And Paul and Mary both also laughed which I think is interesting because now they're told not to because ah. Paul just stands there and scowls, even if it's a funny joke being made. Like Prue might do a kind of smirk or like a little like nudge, but like they don't laugh at the funny jokes anymore. Yeah, Paul's always like forced to stand there. He's got to be like moody the whole time, hasn't mm. he? Which isn't, he isn't moody all the time. No, and he is quite fun sometimes, I think. Yeah. Um. So 
who did you there was a lot there was some that were quite similar who has stood out to you uh, so james morton stood out he's a 20 21 year old medical student from the shetlands um everyone will know who he is he's quite similar to you because you like the science of the baking you know how the science works and you can break things down and he's also a medical student and you're in medicine as well so like he was giving me david vibes and we do both like like knitwear he got fa- he got quite famous off this for his mm. shetland shetland by the way everyone is this weird island in scotland that do amazing knitwear patterns weird Oh, it's not weird, actually. It's coming out against Shetland there. It's just far away. (laughs) Um, But he was making a parsnip pear and pecan cake, which I thought sounded amazing. I thought it sounded lovely. The weird thing about the judging for this was they talked about wanting to taste the parsnip. The whole point of using parsnip in a cake like that, it's like a carrot cake. A carrot Mm. cake doesn't taste of carrot. It's moist. But also he had pears and pears don't taste of anything either. Yeah. In that sense, it wasn't the best idea, but I thought it sounded delicious. What was stressing me out was that he unmolded his literally in the last two minutes. And it yeah. wasn't even because of the editing. And it wasn't even the last two minutes. They showed his actual time. And it was like saying 19, 18 seconds. And it he was, was like, horrible, take, yeah. horrible, very intense. But I thought that sounded good. There was something else that I quite liked the idea of. Oh, it was Sarah Jane. She made a pear chocolate and hazelnut cake. Yes, they did say it was overbaked, which I think mm. sometimes you do with a, a more chocolate cake. This, with a, an upside down cake for me, I want it to be really moist. I often make it with like yogurt in the cake to make sure it's really soft. So if it's a bit dry and crumbly, it'll be a bit disappointing. We're talking of dry and crumbly. Uh, shall we talk about Ryan? Polenta? Kumquat and polenta. <laughs> I didn't mind the kumquat bit, but why would you make a polenta? I re- Do you know what? Here's talking about icks. I just don't like polenta in just about any it's form. Gross. It just dries up my mouth. Yeah, when people have those slabs that they've just grilled, it's gross. like plasticine. And yet, polenta in a cake, it just goes really crumbly and it's almost impossible. If it's moist, it's claggy. Mm-hmm. If it's not moist, it's dry and crumbly. But what was weird was that he chose to add it. Like it was a choice. Yeah. That didn't work for me. Uh, talking about choices though, Stuart cho- <laughs> chose to make a sweet tomato and ginger upside down cake. <laughs> It actually makes me feel like it's physically repulsive. It looked horrible as well. It's For me, it's mainly because I I can't stomach raw tomato. Oh, yes. And you could see the little jelly bits. Like, and tomato goo is the worst bit. And yeah. there was so much goo. There was so much goo. But it didn't look very nice. And then I... Do you know what? There's one thing where you defend yourself um, when the judges are saying something. But he seems to be one of those people that whatever someone says, he's like, oh, yeah, but this. Oh, yeah, but this. And they said it's not very nice. Like, oh, yeah, but I forgot to put my tomato <laughs> jam in it. Okay. As if that would have made it any better. And just very quickly, as a society, can we move past tomato jam? <laughs> I don't think it's a necessary thing. Well, yeah, have a chutney, have a chili and tomato chutney. It's even worse. Green tomato jam. <laughs> Tomatoes are bad enough. Let's have raw, like even like unripe raw ones, and put them in a jam. Gross. Grow up. Grow up. I liked Brendan's plums. So I didn't write down what Brendan said. So then when it got to judging, and Mary was like, "Everything's in the right proportion." I was like, "What she's talking about?" Is anyone's guess? No plums. idea. It was plums. It was just plums. Yeah, his plums were in the right proportion. The right proportion. They were delicious. She said. Oh, lovely plums. So they were good. Also, I did quite like um, Natasha, um, who is from the Caribbean, I think, oh, originally. She did pineapple <laughs> and passion fruit, and that I was wrote nice. down Natasha arrived during the judging because she just wasn't <laughs> in the episode until that point. She wasn't. At one point, it showed her cook. It just like literally a close up of the pan of cooking the pineapple and we only know it's her because no one else did pineapple she, yeah she <laughs> was barely seen lovely um i must do i must do a little rep- mention for Catherine, who is 27 mum of two works in a motorway station so i love that she's like proper normal and um, she's the same age as i was when i went to, into the tent and i think she was just as anxious like i had a real soft spot for her and she was making apple 
Apple, <laughs> Apple hazelnut and Calvados cake, which sounded delicious. And they said something about it being too complicated. Apple and Calvados. Did you see her wail afterwards? Because it's too complicated. And she went, oh, no. <laughs> I know, because that's the thing. We can tell when someone's truly anxious. Because if because everyone's, everyone's a bit nervous and they're just going to take those comments. Whereas she was devastated when they said that. <laughs> so they all did okay. There was, a, there was a few disasters where people had bits sticking to the bottom, Manisha and stuff. But in general, they were okay. There's I mean, a lot of dry ones. It's always hard in the first episode to really know who's done well and who's done badly. Yeah. I mean, Victoria, I think very much did well yeah uh, all that arousal that she caused was great brendan did very well no idea what you made oh he, he had the plums he made the plums yeah um yeah i mean it was fine yeah there were there were none of them kind of like knocked out the park either necessarily yeah okay on to the technical the first technical you're gonna miss series. the bb gonna skip the bb oh always skip the bb you in can 1266 there was a law that made that said if you made bad bakes the law would come and it'd strap you to a stretcher and drag you through the streets and if you did that again, they'd pelt you with fruits, um, not gays. I mean, like actual like um, bananas. Um, did they have bananas then? Who knows? Um, and third offense would be they'd smash your ovens. To be honest, they should do that on Bake Off. <laughs> <laughs> not just send you home if you do a bad bake. What was weird about the BB this year was there were reenactments. Oh, so they've put more money into the BBs as well. Yeah. And there's nothing more icky than grown men <laughs> pretending to put sand in bread oh, in Renaissance yeah. costumes. Oh, if they have a sword fight, it'll be worse. Depends what kind. Yeah. Anyway, really are moving on to technical now. <laughs> the technical, they had to make four rum barbers. Oh, God. They had to be creamy and fruity, and they had three hours to do it. I would be in hell. I've never done a rum barber. No, I've, I've never made them, and I have no desire to, because they look too complicated. Yeah, it's basically a yeasted cake, but actually it's very similar to a bread, but it's still got to be a bit cakey. And then you've got to, like soak it in this rum syrupy thing so basically you bake you bake it and then you cool it and then you while it's cooling you should put it into rum so it soaks up this kind of rum sugar syrup they yeah. sound delicious i don't want to make them myself because i'll have like eight made i want to try one so to see if it's very nice because i don't like the sound of it it's a yeasted cake so it's like and it ends up kind of like a like a batter stroke dough when you're piping it yeah oh god so a lot of people didn't know what this was. Danny or... described it as that dream when you're naked and everyone's looking at you. Yes. Um, would you like that? No. No, you wouldn't like that. I don't Definitely think anyone not. would like that. Some people are quite exhibitionist. Not for me. No. Not for me. Um, I, in this one, we really got to know Brendan. So Brendan is this like old Irish queen. He is <laughs> fantabulous. And he starts talking about his days when he used to, when he, the first time he made a run, Barbara, I think. And is he with Mel or Sue? And they start, he starts talking about dancing. I can't remember. And he says he's going to do a shimmying dip from his disco oh. days. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that. Oh, do I you love think him. that's like a ballroom dip? Do you think like he's doing like a, a they call it a shablam or like a death drop now? <laughs> like that's what a dip used to be called. I'm not sure Brenda could do that. So when he said dip, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is going to be fun. Um, hard challenge. Like most of the bakers struggled with it. John oh dear. lined his tins with salt. Because basically you have to rub it with butter and then sprinkle it with sugar. Mm. And he used salt. Oh, I mean, really, you'd be at the point with that where you'd say, please don't serve this. What he did is he tried to cut off most of it. But even then... I think the producers were like, this is going to be good. <laughs> I think the producers dislike Paul because Paul took a mouthful and you could see it wasn't one of those things where people are pretending to vomit. Paul was actually revolted. Well, finally, proper revulsion. Last week, someone made him a nice cake and he called it revolting. Exactly. Awful. Um, Natasha 
Alls had a bit of a problem. So John's was like, okay, I used the salt. That was an accident. Natasha started having a debate with herself whether she should put it in a bain-marie, she called it, which wasn't a bain-marie, it was a water bath. Whether she should bake them in a water bath, which, I mean, I wouldn't know, but I wouldn't just think that's a good thing to do if no one else is doing no, it. I think my, my baseline would be not to put things into a bain-marie. Yeah, unless, <laughs> unless it's told you to. So she put them in a bain-marie and essentially it, all this batter, it didn't bake properly. It didn't go tough, but it also stuck to the tin. Kind like of a rubbery. Rotter. Yeah. And also Peter was having a panic, so started to make some caramel cages. <laughs> He just added on a whole like sponge sugar element that wasn't asked for. And it's been a couple of episodes, a couple of series, sorry, so far. But we kind of know one thing is that Paul doesn't, Paul's not impressed by things like that. Oh, oh we can get into this later, but he, it annoys me when like, yes, of course it wasn't asked for, but don't treat it with disrespect. Yeah. I mean, and if a female contestant did it, he would have probably loved it. Do you not remember in, in our year, we'll probably get to it when we review our series in 2034 but like when you made those you made like a what was it you made like the kek lapis sarawak and you made yeah. some decorations and he literally just knocked them onto the floor and i took eight they were all um royal ice not royal icing what's the one that goes hard well, yeah royal, royal icing. icing you stole the royal, idea from henry yeah royal icing henry showed me how to do it all this lattice royal icing and these other bits like these kind of arty bits and he literally just smashed them off with a knife i was like mm, thanks, it's, it's rude um during judging they kept slagging off manisha's fat bottom <laughs> Which I thought was quite rude. And they were definitely not very happy with muffin tops. No, people pay for big fat bottoms these days. They do. Post, in this post-Kardashian world, people look for them. Well, this was 2012, wasn't it? Ah, oh, pre-Kardashian world, sure. No one really did well. James had made one the week before, basically. Yeah. So he knew what it was. Or they hadn't made the small ones. Natasha came 12th, mm. which is really something because John had literally put salt in his. <laughs> so it's like when I came after you, after you had two panic attacks in the tent and had a disaster, and I still managed to come last. Um, so yeah, Natasha 12th, John 11th. And then in third, there was Peter, even with his little cages. Um, second, James, who knew exactly what it was. And first, shock surprise, met. Mary Jane? Sarah Jane. Mary Jane is from <laughs> Spider-Man. <laughs> Sarah also, Jane. We have to make an honourable mention for the really long, long, quiet soaring through uh, Stuart's. <laughs> Just like, because <laughs> it wouldn't go through. Stuart had overbaked. Stuart of Tomato Upside Down Cake fame. Um, he, yeah, really overbaked his. So... Onto the showstopper. So at this stage, I think Stuart's not doing great. Natasha's not doing great. Onto the showstopper. They had to do a hidden design cake in five hours. And they all did it wrong. It all looked horrible. Like the, what they were doing, like bake all the elements and assemble it together into a cake. That's not a but hidden when design you're doing cake. A hidden design cake. You bake a Madeira cake because a Madeira can take twice baking. And you essentially bake a cake, make the design, put it into the tin and then fill it up with more raw Madeira batter and bake it again. So that when you slice into it, it doesn't fall apart because it's all baked together. I am doing lots of nodding to Michael right now because he is 100% correct, Professor Michael. What were they doing? They, considering they were just making layers and then cutting together, they had five hours. Five it was not impressive. Hours. Like, none of them made a correct... Like, I, Was the brief telling them they couldn't double bake? Did none of them think of it? Like, I don't know... I mean, it was, again, this is in the past, like perhaps like the baking blogs didn't exist and all that kind of stuff. Like there was an explosion in baking and like what, what you could do in the possibilities of it because of this show. I mean, let's talk about some of the ways they did it as well. I mean, take scooping out the cake and then mushing it together with some food coloring and then putting it back in. And when they cut into those cakes, it was just, there was nice cake. And then there's just this like solid mass in the yeah, middle. No one likes a solid mass in the middle, do they? <laughs> So were there any that particularly stood out for you, whether... For being terrible, or, yes. Natasha, yes. <laughs> whose surprise 
uh, Hidden Design was just different coloured cakes. Three layers. And the, and the surprise was they're not cooked. <laughs> they looked when we were talking about a tart when were we talking about a tart was that in the final of that was last week yeah yeah and we were talking about a tart and saying it's like a really solid cake this looked dis- it looked like paste it looked like plasticine it was like inedible really yeah. like I wouldn't have been surprised if the judges said we can't and they tried to claim it was to do with like the weight no because the top layer was exactly the it same it just wasn't cooked she doesn't know how to make cake and god bless her she did say I've kept it simple <laughs> and I was like well you can't even do that darling oh god and no offence but her buttercream roses weren't great well the mary continues to be completely gobsmacked <laughs> by the idea that someone can paint a color down the inside of a piping bag she's never seen it before even though she saw it last time <laughs> she is senile um she probably is david do you know what Catherine? in this one i am starting to think that Catherine. yes she's stressed but i think she's kind of like wearing stress as her personality as well because she does Why so well at me so so clearly when you say that well, no, just because she does so well like she doesn't see it's like how can you do it that well if you're really that stressed oh i believe it like i completely feel that panic i feel that nervous like oh my god oh my god oh my god and like if somebody said something to me that was like slightly critical during like the royal tour or even the producer was like oh it's interesting you're doing that i'd be like why it just goes in your why, head. Is that, why is that interesting and then I spiral, like I can't stop thinking about it. Like it was, like I remember when they had to do a wide shot once. So the wide shot is when like the um, the camera is at the front of the tent and they can take in the entire tent. And basically what happens is all the cameramen, the sound people, the producers all have to hide behind various different fridges and things so they can't be seen. And I was having a spiral. So one of my producers was lying on the floor behind the bench during the wide shot, just being like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine, Michael. It's going to be fine. <laughs> and like, there's me having this like absolute panic about it all. And I get it. Like I really get that that tension from her oh in that case because i just because and it's not because i don't feel that she's not stressed it's just she just smashes it like she's brilliant considering these weren't very good hers was probably the best i think she and victoria nailed this challenge um she was making a cupcake inside a cake and it looked good i mean she was still doing that weird thing where they baked all separately and then assembled it so victoria you said you mentioned victoria mm. she did and there's a there's a nursery rhyme in the uk called four and twenty blackbirds baked in a pie mm. and so she did a pie it was a cake but it looked like a pie with mm. the blackbirds the actual hidden element she was like oh this is the nose because basically it's, uh, a maid's nose gets bitten off by a blackbird it Quite didn't dark, look, really it didn't look like a nose it did and then it didn't look like a bird that was holding on to it it was a bit but it was the only it was the only hidden design that was trying to be something more than like john did a brilliant job but it was just a heart yeah like it, she was at least trying to make something and the illusion of the pie was pretty incredible. The James did a... The James. The James. <laughs> he did a sunset. And do you want to talk about the type of cake that he made quickly? A Genoese. He made a Genoese. And actually, interestingly, <laughs> I made a Genoese in week five well, of our series. This is series. not going to happen for every single oh, series. Oh, it is. Until I get that credit. If they go back and they, re- they edit in a quick sentence, because he made a massive Genoese, which was very large... And it squashed. It did squash. It and did yours squash. didn't. And mine didn't. And mine was 10 inches. Oh, really? It was 10 inches. Well, on the bottom, five on the top, <laughs> 15 total. And none of it was squashed. That is massive. It I would definitely perfectly. be nervous with that one. Yeah. And I, and I was too, but I succeeded. And James didn't, because not only was his like claggy and solid and horrible, also the colours. It didn't look like a sunset. It looked like mud. It was. I wrote it down muddy as well. Oh. Shall we talk about the Union Jack off? The Union. <laughs> <laughs> the Union Jack off. Oh, that should be a whole different podcast. I didn't even think. <laughs> and that should be a whole different series. The Union Jack off. <laughs> so the Union Jack off was between Stuart and Peter. 
Who did you uh, think was going to win the Jack Off? <laughs> what actually marks the win of a Union Jack Off? Is it speed? <laughs> I think it's who crumbles first. Well, there was one that was definitely crumblier. Um, so, yes, yeah, Stuart, it was basically unfortunate because Stuart and Peter both were doing a Union Jack kind of loaf cake, which was just, again, it wasn't a hidden design. It was just like a fancy Battenberg. Unfortunately, I wrote down, I wrote down, there's an awful shot from Stuart's cake to, to Peter's and Stuart's looks, well, a bit shit. <laughs> it's true. They definitely, it was a, there was some clever editing actually, because they were basically talking about it and showing um, Peter's that was so perfect. And then it's suddenly like zoomed behind to Stuart's. And the and worst part was awful. Stuart knew, Stuart knew the whole challenge his is going to be the, the lesser of the jack-off. And to be <laughs> the lesser of the it's jack-off. Always, it's always awful when you're, you're, you're comparing. <laughs> and and you thi- know yours isn't as good. Well, that's the sad thing, because when actually they cut into Stuart's, it wasn't a total disaster. It tasted delicious. And it actually didn't even look that bad. It's just because Pete, Peter's was so neat and tidy. It's not all about appearance, though. Like, his was fine, but Stuart's tasted better. Yep. Um, I, so who won the jack-off, then? <laughs> I'm going to say Peter won the jack-off. I prefer Stuart. Um, Ryan... He had a very interesting concept. Now, Ryan, while he may be a bit of a fun sponge, like the camera goes to him and there's just like no joy because he's so focused, which I get. Like there's different vibes in the tent and you end up like in a certain mode and his mode is just like, I feel like he's asked a question. He answers it. It's like, what are you doing now? I'm making the cake. Yeah. And so it doesn't come across as like as inventive and kind of whimsical. However, his was the most challenging. Yeah. He made four Swiss rolls and then he made that into a mousse cake which is a brilliant idea. And it was very successful. Like it was, and then weirdly, he took it outside the tent to spray it. We just used to cover the tent in shit. We just spray everywhere. Like we would accidentally set fire to the benches being like, whoops. (laughs) (laughs) But I thought, I thought technically Ryan's was the most impressive and it tasted delicious. So 10 out of 10 for me. Yeah. I do think because John's was very, John's was successful, but very simple. Mm. Wasn't that, wasn't that stylish. But I also think that Ryan's was actually the best. But when it came down to it, Starbaker was... Victoria. Yeah, I think she deserved it overall across yeah. the three. I think she did very well. I mean, just for a lilac polo next, she deserved it. And the soggy bottom, the first one to leave the tent. It could have been Stuart, but it was actually Natasha. A sad farewell to Natasha. Always tough to be the first one to leave. But congratulations to Victoria for her win. A lovely wee boost to start the series off. Okay, let's get down to our taste test. This one's from Sean on Twitter, who thinks it's disgusting to mix tomato ketchup into baked beans or spaghetti hoops. What are you stingering about? My friends and I use the word spaghetti to describe straight people. So like we call them spaghettis. I like that, but I'm not going to pull on that thread. You know the drill. Does Sean get a free pass or is it straight to jail? Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, it's us, interrupting the ads to advertise ourselves. Not like that, I'm taken. I'm not, so I'm not not advertising myself in that way. We digress. We're here to talk about our Patreon. Or our OnlyFans, as we like to call it. Each week, we upload bonus content such as ad-free and extra episodes, exclusive Q&As, behind-the-scenes content, and more. And all of that could be yours for the small price of a coffee each month. Or we also have an annual membership available for a cheeky discount. And you get the added bonus of knowing you're helping us to keep the podcast in your ears each and every week to join us all you need to do is visit patreon.com forward stroke sticky bum boys we'll see you there okay well it's jail isn't it yeah what's wrong with putting tomato ketchup in spaghetti ho- i don't really like spaghetti hoops though oh i do you know what i prefer spaghetti hoop to a bean oh i love a baked bean the problem with the beans is the beans contaminate the rest of the plate so i can only have a bean if it's in like a little ramekin Oh, you're like a posh person. So thank you for saying thank, thank you for noticing. Uh, me and Victoria live in the same house. Um, <laughs> when I go for brunches, I used to do like a brunch club uh, when I used to live in Edinburgh. And we would go out each like every other weekend, we'd go for brunch, and we'd rate it. And we'd only ever get like it lost or gained a point depending on whether the beans were in a ramekin or not. Do you know what? I don't mind it happening, but you are telling the 100% truth because it does start going around the whole plate. Yeah. And like, I don't want to like, I don't want my, my, my brunch to be everything tasting of bean. I don't like spaghetti hoops because they're just too soft. Mm, uh, I like my spaghetti to have a bit of a bite to oh, it. Well, it's, not, it's not actually spaghetti. You're not, you're not <laughs> eating it for spaghetti. I've not actually had it since I was a child. You know what's really good is Heinz ravioli. Oh no, that is disgusting. It's not seen a cow in about 100 years. It's maybe, like, it's maybe looked at one once and called itself beef. I only oh, buy that for the food bank. It's so, so nice. Um, and also b- with beans, a top tip... Um, when you're making them, microwave them and halfway through, mash them up half oh. and stir it together, which means that the sauce goes thicker. So you don't have like runny sauce. You don't have runny sauce. And you've got mashed beans. But like, no, because the, be- the, ba- the mashed beans, if you do it right, become like a thicker sauce. We need to have brunch together. I'll bring some ramekins <laughs> and you can do the beans. Yes, not a promise that David will not fulfill. Um, but tomato ketchup, putting it into that is going to make it like sweeter with the zings. I'm all for it. Yeah, I'm all for it. I quite like it. I'm, whenever I have beans, I'm always adding some sriracha or 
some brown sauce or something. Oh, I love brown sauce, me. Not mm. that kind. Not the kind that you like, David. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we've got some more X for the Olympics. So what was last week's one again? Was it espresso? No, they didn't make no, it. No, the winner was the soup. Soup of the day. Soup, soup the of the day. day <laughs> is the what the soup of the day was. Um, so we've still got a golden buzzer each, plus these, these X that have come in. Um, the, the first ick, someone else's saliva once it's left their mouth. I, yes, that is disgusting. But like where, where are you see? Oh, I see. Sorry. I was like, where are you seeing that? But is it because of sex? No, lots of different things. It doesn't have to just be sex. I mean, sex would be that. Oh, disgusting. but that's quite a lot. Apparently, like, I think that happens quite a lot in sex. I think you yeah. quite like spitting. Yes, yeah, spitting. Oh, I just, I've got a thing about, you know, like I'm a nurse. I don't mind vomit, blood, shit, pee, anything. I don't like saliva and sputum. You name it, he's eating it. Sputum? I hate... That's like the really gloopy stuff that comes off the, out of the lungs. <gasps> oh, no. It's, it actually makes me but ill. But if you so, had yeah. to be the spitty or the spitter, which would you rather be? Spitter. So you want to spit on someone? Yes. Oh, I wouldn't want... To- Oh, I wouldn't want someone else to spit anywhere near me. Um, yeah, I agree. I would agree with that ick. I don't think it's like a fun ick, but it is an ick. Yeah. <laughs> um, food on facial hair. <laughs> yes, if they've not noticed. It's <laughs> awful. And can you bring it up? No. Like no. what level of familiarity do you need to be on to bring up the fact that someone's got food in their facial hair? I've actually brush it off them. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. There's a lovely video actually of Emma Watson doing like a, like a press junket. Um, and she stops the interviewer and she's like, I'm really sorry to say this, but you've got lipstick on your teeth and I just feel like we should fix it before, like before oh, anything else that's is filmed. Really nice. And her makeup person comes over and like helps her with like the stuff on her teeth. And it's like a really lovely thing. What's really lovely about that is the fact that they actually kept it in the footage as well. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's like, that's a really lovely way of doing it. But, but I'm not Emma Watson. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I can't be like, oh, you look like a bit like a shit on your face, actually. Can I just, can I just get that? Like, it's a bit. Can I just get that? Oh, um, that's an ick. Uh, used tissue tucked into a sleeve. Oh my goodness. Some, when it's like, what's the next level of ick? Because I think the saliva one and this one is like above an ick for I me. I don't think I, I don't carry tissues. Oh, but people do. When they've got like a really, oh, like a really saggy cardigan and they just put this tissue, they've obviously had the tissue for about two weeks. Secondary ick, saggy cardigans. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the idea of someone ever having a tissue where you've blown on it, blown your nose. And not put Throw it that bit. away. Mm. Don't put that back in your pocket or up your sleeve. Do people still do that? Because when we were kids, people did that quite a lot. I'm a toilet paper sneezer. Yeah, me too. Yeah, like I'll sneeze into it and then I'll put it into the bin. Yeah. Into the toilet, actually, and flush. Um, next, next ick, Mary Berry chewing. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of harsh because she doesn't use her front teeth because I think they might break. <laughs> she always like puts it right to the back of the mouth with a few teeth that are still hers. Another one. Getting his head stuck in his t-shirt when he takes it off. <laughs> that happens to me quite a lot because I buy like the extra smallest t-shirts I can get. Oh, and they put it into like, y- your head goes in the armhole. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but when they take it off as well, they just got like a bright red face after oh. all the exertion. And then what do you say? <laughs> do you pretend you didn't see it? Do they pretend it didn't happen? Oh yeah, absolutely immediately. Especially if you like start like losing, because if you're having to try and pull it quite hard, then you lose balance as well. They start walking into the wardrobe and <laughs> so it's still on the head no <laughs> okay that feels like a, a contender the final one when they push the trolley really fast in the supermarket <laughs> and go wee <laughs> do you know what? i once did that and like lifted myself up on the thing and then the whole trolley like flipped upside down and i really hurt myself so i don't do it anymore <laughs> okay for me there's no golden buzzers but either the head stuck in a t-shirt or the wee the trolley 
I think oh, it's a so head stuck in a t-shirt for me. Yeah, because mine was going to be head stuck in a t-shirt or the tissue up the sleeve. So I think it's head stuck in head a t-shirt. Head stuck in a t-shirt joins for the Olympics. Yeah. Um, let's get into the inbox. From Colleen. First, all the compliments. I continue to love your podcast. You two make me laugh so hard when you imitate American accents. David, you're terrible at it. <laughs> and Michael, you're, oh Lord Jesus, there's a far. It's spot on because uh, this person grew up in the South. Uh, apparently, Colleen also loved my imitations of Alan Cummings during the Traitors episodes. They were very good. That they were genuinely very good. That feels like quite a long time ago now. It was. Okay, questions. David, have you tried baking anything traditional from your husband's home country? Michael, if you could pick one culture or country that you had to bake exclusively from for the rest of your life, what would it be? You first. I mean, I have. I did it on Bake Off. How many times did I talk about Bulgaria? There's one time where I even mentioned walnuts that Nick's grandma had gone and collected from a mountain. That's not so, true, though. You didn't use those walnuts, did you? I did, yeah. Yeah. I don't believe that, that was for, for the, a second. It was because they were free. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't buy so was, things. So were all of the ingredients that we got from Bake Off. Uh, yeah, but these, the thing is, the walnuts from Bulgaria, you know when you get those really blonde walnuts, they don't have any bitter taste? They're like that. They're really, really good walnuts. With respect, it was very boring. Um, and the other thing I did is a Kozanak, which is oh, like... the saffron dough. Yeah, but usually it's a big one and that is delicious. It's like an Easter bread. Well, you know, loads of people do the babka and things. It's mm. like that. It's really good. Um, I would choose France because then you can make baguettes and then there's loads of like like tart de citron and like all those like, oh my God, I did that, that thing. <gasps> I did the thing. <laughs> it's okay. That's actually probably the only one that's actually because okay Because if you say tart citron, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it sounds like a car as well. Um, it does, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, I would do I would do French because there's loads of like patisserie that you can make as well as the lovely breads. It, that is a good one. I When I went to Sweden though, because Ooh. I love cardamom. Cardamom abula. Like you. Mm. And I love cinnamon buns and I love saffron buns. And they're like, they're three most common ones. Mm. I could do that. But they're breads. They've got the buns, but like an actual bread for the butter. Yeah, they don't have like France. And although it's a vignerie, France with the uh, the croissants and things as well, they do really boss the bakeries, don't they? Yes, indeed. Well, the next one is Anon, and it says, "Hello, Michael and David, or David and Michael, whoever's reading can decide." It was me, and I've decided. Um, I'm a bit behind on my watching and listening, so forgive me. I've not forgiven him. <laughs> but I just had to share. I just finished season two, episode one, and I gasped when Rob appeared for the first time. Simply gorgeous. Anyway, I can't wait to listen to the podcast because I know Michael will also be swooning over him, and I can't wait to validate it like that. Glad we have the same taste, Michael. Well, of course. Of course you do. Now, a random question since I'm writing in anyway. I'm a queer teacher from the U.S., I lived in Edinburgh for a year and I loved it. And I moved back almost a year ago, I'm assuming to the US, and I miss it so much. Now, with the ever-increasing trans and homophobia in schools in the States, I'm more and more tempted to move back. I loved Scotland, but did miss my US family and friends. But I'd also like to be able to mention a future partner without worrying about my job and my safety. Sorry to get so heavy. Anyway, I love the podcast and I listen to the very end of every episode. Not everyone does that, to be fair. I just can't get enough of you boys. And might I say, what lovely buns David has. Thanks for keep bringing some hysterical entertainment to my commute. Keep them sticky. I will keep them sticky. Um, God, that's quite heavy. Do you keep your buns sticky? No, I don't actually. Notoriously dry. Well, quite now. We're quite, it's quite sweaty and humid in here, so they're very wet at the moment. David just told, told us all about the sweaty puddle he's left on my desk chair. <laughs> Which is lovely. It's very shiny and I've, my shorts are very short. So there's a lot of thigh touching the chair. It's going to be a wipe clean situation, isn't it? It's going to be some baby wipes. Um, this is a very, very good question. I mean, first of all, 
definitely well done for going to Edinburgh. Edinburgh is such... I lived in Edinburgh for two years and I loved it. Loved Edinburgh. One of my favourite places in the entire world. I think I'll end up in Edinburgh. I would love to end up in Edinburgh. Like, I think it's like when I'm old, I think that's where I'm going to go and just kind of retire and settle. I like it because it's got countryside in within a city. Mm. The hills are like really... They're really good for going running. But also it's just... Yeah, anyway. So my advice, first of all, apart from anything else, is go and move back to Edinburgh because it's so amazing. But like transphobia and homophobia aren't exclusive to the US. They're not, but if you're looking at the UK, especially if you're looking at the government, then Scotland has been a lot better yes. than the rest of the UK. Um, so I haven't been to Scotland for a while. You're from there. I'm presuming it's still a little bit better than I mean, it the is, US. but there's like a whole political situation now. And like, yes, there were leaders who put their like kind of put themselves out on the parapet and said they'll support trans people, but they've kind of been demonized for that. And it's a whole thing. I think really might not be the right answer, but like you just need to find a place in a, in a, in a country that feels safe. And like, if you have an, a neighborhood in Edinburgh that feels like safe, that you can do that. And that's great. But those neighborhoods do exist in the U S as well. Yeah. I think the problem with the U S at the moment is more to do with the fact that there's like continuing legislation. Yeah. And at the moment in the UK, while it's very hostile politically, there doesn't seem to be as much of a push for like actual laws demonizing and making it illegal to be trans and have certain mm. trans. Although like the Tavistock Clinic, like one of the only clinics in the UK that does any gender um, healthcare is closing. Yeah. Um, so they, they are doing, they are really working hard to kind of undermine anything to do with helping trans people. Um, but yeah, I would still say come to Edinburgh. I also think like when you are a queer person or an LGBTQ plus person, you, you can't, you can like, just find a safe place and an easy place like it doesn't have to all be fighting like i found a neighborhood here where i feel comfortable being queer for the most part and therefore i feel safe here and you'll those places exist everywhere and you don't need to think about the big political picture of that country or that state or whatever it is it just has to be right and safe for you in that moment yeah and i'm not going to tell you about the states because you're from the states anon but not all of the states are that aggressive towards trans people as well so but then again they were saying that they obviously want to they moved back home to be near their family and friends u.s family and friends but yeah safety is more important i feel like we've ended up talking quite a lot about hard queer stuff recently hard queer stuff in many senses (laughs) of the word i am loving the olympics please keep sending them in the more specific they are the better it is becoming one of my favorite parts of each week for sure but we do also love your questions thoughts and of course those dating horror stories not had them in a while so you can send them in as always to stickybunboys at gmail.com or over on socials at stickybunboys remember there's loads of extra content on our only plans at patreon.com forward stroke stickybunboys for the price of a coffee we always say coffee i like tea For the price of a tea a month, you can get a warm, glowy feeling knowing that you're keeping the podcast going, as well as bonus content like extra episodes, Q&As, recipes, regular rambles. We even do book reviews and much, much more. Right. Let's stop begging. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Remember to keep them sticky. Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Band Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips and adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.